You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Locked On Indians. I'm your host, Jeff Ellis. Quick reminder, today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON15, save 15% on your next order. Uh, as I said at the top, I am Jeff Ellis, formerly of Scout, formerly of 24-7, and formerly of a dozen local Cleveland Indians blogs. I understand many people probably did not watch the games from this past weekend or missed chunks of the games uh, because of the draft, not just because it's a football town. I'm not saying this derogatorily. But because it was in Cleveland, you had every reason with nice weather to maybe even want to go out and check it out for yourself. So if you're someone who did go check it out, you missed a good week of baseball, or a weekend, I should say. The Indians took two out of three from the White Sox. A bit of a surprise, I think, for anyone. Uh, I know I did not expect them to come through and take it to Ju- Ju- Lucas Giolito. I think I was trying to say his Spoonerism version of his name there. Well, they didn't necessarily take it to Lucas Giolito, but I didn't expect them to win a matchup that way. I thought they were going to take the Bieber matchup. The McKenzie one I thought would be rough, and it was, and we'll get into all of that as we dive into the show today. It was also released on Friday, getting to some of the minor moves that were made. Now they announced the minor league, speaking of minor moves. That's going to be tomorrow's show. There's so much to unpack there, and there are some really interesting things to unpack there, like honestly, in terms of where they're placing players and what they are doing, uh, they it's completely different. They are taking an approach unlike anything we've ever seen. I don't know exactly what that means necessarily, other than, I mean, it looks like an attempt to truncate time in the minors. I don't know how effective that will be. I don't know, like, if you could do that all along, why weren't you doing that? Like, if you could have guys get to the majors quicker and help your team faster and be on cheap contracts quicker... Why was this a thing that's just happening now? It seems a little bit odd, I guess, to look at this and be like, oh, well, uh, yeah, now it's going to work. It's like, what, what's changed other than the fact that we got rid of a bunch of minor league teams? But they're being extremely aggressive. Like I said, we'll get into that tomorrow. That's, that's the teaser, if you will, for that. And uh, they also had some cuts, which was, you know, we did a whole show for uh, Tyler Freeze and Mitch Reeves. That was a tip of an iceberg. They released nine more players. I want to say maybe it was eight. And almost all of them were international players. Uh, Ulysses Cantu, who I've talked about many times on the show about his uh, lack of development, uh, just in terms of when we were talking about expensive draft picks, was let go. And then Connor Smith, who I want to say was a Central Michigan shortstop, day three guy. I feel like he was from one of the directional Michigans. And, I mean, if you're an up-the-middle player... Uh, college player I would not if the Indians are like we'll offer you this I would say no thank you if you can get something similar from somewhere else I wouldn't come to the Indian system I would not want to sign with the Indians because especially as a day three pick if you can get similar money from another team if you have multiple teams offering you money don't go to the Indians they have so many middle infielders you're just it's an uphill battle uh, in general I mean I guess someone would say trust your talent but why enter a situation where it would be a significantly harder climb, I guess, is what I'm getting at. But let's get into the real things that happened. Nick Sandlin promoted. He takes that Oliver Perez spot. Ethan Hankins with an elbow issue. Now, he was a guy who most people thought 
was going to need Tommy John surgery in his draft year. You know, he had been up and down. Like he was as highly ranked. He was rated above Kumar Rocker for a good part of the year. Viewed as a potential 1-1 candidate. Then there were arm issues and problems with consistency. And he's looked good in the Indian system, but now an elbow issue. Uh, we don't know anything beyond that. We'll have to see if that's going to require surgery. Carlos Vargas requires surgery. Now, this is an interesting one because do they add him to the the 60-man disabled list if they need to get uh, somebody to pass through? Do they try to take him off the 40-man list this offseason? Because Carlos Vargas is 21 years old, missed last year in terms of development. I think he might have been an alt-site guy. Uh, before that, he had at age 19 and uh, 18 at eight, you know, he'd been in Arizona until 2019. He gets to pitch in Mahoning Valley. He's not particularly great. Everyone loves his stuff, but the performance just was not there uh, at that level. We've seen a lot of players excel there. He wasn't bad. He just wasn't great. And then he missed all of last year. Now he's going to miss all of this season and a chunk of next season. We've talked about the 40 man crunch to the point that I'm sure people are sick of it. But but at some point, you look at someone like Vargas, who again. Short season ball doesn't even exist anymore. He's essentially going to be a 22-year-old pitcher who's never pitched outside of rookie-level ball. And I don't know what you expect from him in terms of growth or development. Uh, and again, the stuff was very hittable in spite of being very good. Normally when you know you look at someone like Luis Oviedo, who went in the draft this past year, uh, stuff was very good, and he had excellent numbers in Mahoning Valley, even though he was younger than the level. And it was part of the reason I was very high on him after his season down there. Typically, we see stuff overpower hitters at that level. It wasn't the case there, which is a concern. So, I, like I said, they're going to have some choices to make. Uh, I'm not saying they'll get rid of Carlos Vargas, but just with his age and where he has been developmentally. I mean, they had the same situation with Juan Carlos Mejia, and he's still on the 40-man. But for both these guys, uh, you know, they lost Kai A. Tom over the past two years. It's not like they had... Uh, a ton of talent they had to add where they were going to risk some losing someone else. So we will kind of wait and see. Uh, again, I, I just think that if you expose him, if you take him off your 40-man roster, it's, I mean, it's not the nicest move, but again, he's going to be a 22-year-old who's going to miss the start of the year and who has never pitched above short season ball. At least, again, Oviedo had pitched in A ball uh, before his selection. He had struggled there. That's why he had moved on this, but he had pitched there. So let's, uh, oh, and then the other small one, Franmo Reyes, paternity leave. I want to say Daniel Johnson gets the call up. He played in Sunday's game. It's been a rough two games for him. Let's be honest. Odd that to call him up and immediately put him at the top of the lineup. He went 0 for 5 with five strikeouts. as a rare occurrence to see. Uh, that is someone pressing in the uh, the game Sunday. And Saturday, they brought him up, had him hit leadoff. He went 0 for 4. So if you're keeping track at home, that is an 0 for 9 with 5 strikeouts. Uh, it's about as bad of a season debut as one can have. We'll get into the games in the second half of the show. In the third half, we'll finish my interview with Chris Manning of Locked on Cavs. But first, we're going to take a quick commercial break right here. So, our first sponsor is Bet Online. Remember, when you go to betonline.ag, use that promo code LOCKED ON to get a 50% bonus on your first deposit. Normally, this is where I would go to the website, pull up the line, and tell you what it is for tomorrow for the Indians. Their game against the Royals is not listed, so I can't do that today. But I do want to remind you, since I am already on the site, that they're more than just sports betting. There is live betting, casino, live casino, racebook, poker, esports, contests, 
promotions, all sorts of things. Go check it out for yourself. Remember that Bet Online is one of the official sponsors. They are our official sponsor when it comes to all things Lions and the like over here on Locked On. So go check out betonline.ag for yourself. And again, remember when you're there, if you do decide to place a bet, use the promo code Locked On to get a 55-0 bonus on your first deposit. That is betonline.ag. So should we start out by talking about the historic night for Shane Bieber? I was over at MLB.com kind of getting things together, and their whole thing was about Jose Ramirez. To go me wrong, Jose Ramirez had a great game. But the fact that Shane Bieber, when he struck out Yasmani Grandel, became the only MLB pitcher to record at least eight strikeouts in 18 consecutive games. He'd been tied with Randy Johnson before that. That's right. He ended up with 11 strikeouts in total, but the only pitcher. We feel like I'm using terms like only a lot with him. And it's kind of crazy because for most of my life, pitching was a weakness for the Indians. You know, even when they were good. And we know that was an issue in the 90s teams. They were always looking for an ace. But even when they were, you know, strong team in the, you know, the 2007, that's when I moved to New York and they made the World Series. And C.C. Sabathia won the Cy Young that year. Now I'm going to say something that's sacrilegious, but C.C. Sabathia was a solid, solid pitcher. He It took him a few years to hit that great point in my mind, and I'm just going to see if I'm right or wrong by going and looking at his war based on year. And I see him a little bit off. Well, no, because in his early seasons with the Indians, debuting again at age what was he? He was age 20. And I think that's such a young debut. And he made two all-star games in there, but his ward over those years, and I just lost my sight line, 2.9, 3.3, 3.7, 3.1, 1.8. Those are good. You know, it's, those aren't quite the, you know, the all-star or the grape. He was a, a good pitcher, like kind of that solid, like number two type. He was a solid, dependable guy. Uh, then we go to 4.6. And then the year he wins the Cy Young, he's a 6.3. So that's like the first year he really ascends. And he's fantastic that year. Next year, uh, it's a split season for him. So, I mean, he gets like a 6.8. I mean, I'll be curious when he goes in the Hall of Fame because he will. Uh, just in terms of, you know, he had the injuries late in his career. But, I mean, thanks to the youth of his debut, 19-year career, 251 wins, you know, pitching in New York, having the big game performance. I'm I'm pretty sure he'll go in. I am kind of curious. He does not have like you look at the the black ink, the gray ink, the Hall of Fame monitor. Hall of Fame monitor is the only one he has, but uh you know, it, he black ink, gray ink, he doesn't have his comps being Pettit, Musina, Cologne, Morris, and then Bob Gibson is a pretty good one at five. Uh, just very interesting player in that regard. An excellent player. Like he probably goes in as a Yankee, not as an Indian. That might bother some people out there. But most of his like great years, those wars over four, didn't happen in Cleveland. They happened when he had moved on, and he pitched for the Yankees for eleven years in Cleveland only for eight. So I, I think he's going to wear a Yankees hat. Uh, but you know, I, again, Sabathia was good, but. Cliff Lee was the first player that I sat down and felt like when he was pitching, the Indians were going to win. Like when he was peak, that was the first time I experienced something like that. Like even Sabathia and Carmona 
or I guess Carmona, who's not, who was really Roberto Hernandez. You know, those those two uh, pitchers pitched very, very well. They were great players, but it was like Lee was a whole nother level. And then we got to experience the majesty that was Cooper for a while. And I mean, even with Cooper, it's like Carrasco was putting his name in the record books in Cleveland. I mean, Bauer had a near Cy Young season. Uh, they had just these waves of pitching. And Bieber is eclipsing all of them. So just, you know, taking that moment. I don't have a, lot, a ton of time in this second segment to really go deep on, on Shane Bieber. But just appreciate and enjoy what he is doing in general. I mean, it's... It's amazing. We've had so much good pitching. I think we're a little bit spoiled. And it's easy to kind of forget that when he is doing things that we're talking about in terms of this hasn't ever been done before by anyone, uh, we should all stand up and take notice. Like that's, again, he is a very special pitcher doing very special things. And I'm just... uh, happy that I get a chance to watch him pitch and enjoy a player doing things that uh, no one in baseball has ever done before. So just looking at that game in general, he goes six innings, gives up three runs, one walk, 11 strikeouts, seven hits. For him, that's actually a, I don't want to say it's a a bad game, six innings, three runs. Uh, I'm kind of surprised they didn't let him go out there as as he's only at 100 pitches exactly. I've previously previewed Dallas Keuchel and talked about how he's a good matchup for the Indians. Uh, but it's a str- I mean, for anyone, that's a great lineup. For Shane Bieber, like, it's not his best. We've seen him a little bit better. Uh, but again, it's he's going to be one of the three stars from this game. Uh, so it's not like it's that big of a deal. Uh, Jose Ramirez, of course, one of the other players who stands out with his game, seventh home run of the season. Uh, multiple big hits, has two hits, scores two runs. And then honestly, it's like, you're who reached base twice in this one? So you got Jose Ramirez, you've got Eddie Rosario, you've got Jordan Luplo, and that's it. That's your group. Because while the White Sox did manage eight hits, seven of them off of Shane Bieber, the Indians facing uh, Dallas Keuchel, who's had some struggles this year, they only managed five hits. <laughs> like They win... Uh, in spite of the fact that they were not making contact, and that's why I'm kind of laughing. They did have four walks, half of those by Luplo. But I, once you pass the Ramirez and the Bieber, it's like, who do you take one of the relievers? Uh, this, I mean, they're really following into a set role right now with Shaw in the seventh, Karen Chalk in the eighth, Class A in the ninth. And, I mean, as I just look at this one, you know, if, if there's an extra base hit, I guess you go with Rosario because at least it's a hit and a walk as opposed to just two walks by Luplo. So that's, again, I appreciating the brilliance that is Shane Bieber. Saturday's game, Tristan McKenzie. Not what they needed. Uh, I think that puts it. It's just crazy because you look at, he's so effective to start that game out in the first inning and then just completely loses it. And and due to his limitations, just in terms of how many innings and how many pitches, he only gets to go two innings. You look at it, strikes out the side in the first. Uh, I believe has two strikes out, two strikeout swinging, and then he comes in in the second, and it's just in looking. He was living on the edges in that first walk, strikeout, strikeout, and then after that, three walks in a row and a grand slam, and then another strikeout. 
So he struck out every out he recorded. Unfortunately, he also walked four and gave up a home run, and he's still sitting there in the low 90s, and if the control isn't there, he's not going to be effective. Phil Maton gets an opportunity. He's been kind of a missing man this season. Gives up two runs, uh, really kind of making it a game the Indians aren't going to have a chance in. Quantrell comes in and pitches an inning two-thirds. Nick Sandlin makes his major league debut. Nice to see Whitgren have a performance where nothing uh, really occurs. Kyle Nelson, who we haven't had a chance to really see, comes out and pitches as well. They lose. Uh, it was just a brutal performance by McKenzie. I, you know, I know people are waiting for me to say it, but it's, I, I still think reliever long-term. We'll see. It's He's essentially still mostly a two-pitch guy. But this is the problem I saw when I saw him in the minors as well, which was when he's trying to dial it up and find more, when I was seeing him hit 96, the control would fade. And it was always like his best. I mean, you look at those low A years when he had walk rates, like I want to say right about two or even under two at points. Control was always his best thing. And his his control and command, uh, specifically being able to kind of hit points and just carve up minor league hitters. But when he came back in... Gosh, was it 2019 when I saw him that summer in Akron? Velocity all over the place, control numbers. Uh, and when the velocity was up, con- having issues commanding and trolling like he did before, throwing instead of pitching. So we'll see. Uh, there's always the opportunity and the chance for more, but when you have him on such a limited pitch count this season, you just run into the issues where you know he's at 57 pitches through two. That's a lot. You know, that's, we talk about the 100 pitch threshold for some guys. Uh, 57 was, that's why he, they didn't send him out for anymore. They, he's only going to have so many starts in it with this team. Uh, with Logan Allen being an issue, with Moss and Morgan being hurt and unable to pitch so far this season, I mean, they're going to stretch out Henches, and Henches hasn't looked good in the big leagues. I have more faith in McKenzie as a starter than Henches. So we'll have to kind of wait and see how this goes. But, I mean, all of a sudden, uh, the steady pitching of the Cleveland Indians isn't quite as steady. Quickly to just uh, have the opportunity to get into Sunday's game here. Oh, I guess I still got to do my three stars. Uh, Hey, uh, you know, Austin Hedges had a second home run of the year, putting him up there. And who reached base twice in this one? Uh, Josh Naylor had a pair of hits. Jake Bowers had a walk and a hit. And that's it. So I'm going to give it to Hedges, Naylor, who had a pair of hits, and I'll give it to Bowers because I feel like I need to uh, reward him when anything positive happens. Uh, it's either that or give it to someone else. You know, forget that. I'm going to give it to – it still goes to to two hits for Naylor, one of them being a double. Austin Hedges with his home run and always solid defense. And then I mean, he, he did have a caught stealing in this one. Uh, and then uh, we'll give it to Nick Sandlin. One inning, one strikeout, Major League debut. He gets to be the third star for this game. This was an interesting fact when I was pulling up some data. that This was uh, the second shutout the Indians had of the White Sox this year. That's the only shutouts they've had in the early going of the season. And the Indians have their second highest amount of shutouts against the White Sox of any team at uh, 161. They've shut out the Orioles 166 times for the most uh, just kind of a weird, random bit of uh, fact and data. 
So today's game, I didn't, I expected them to lose. Let's be honest. Giolito, Plesak, Plesak pitched well last time, but he has been inconsistent this year. Goes five innings, three hits, six strikeouts, four walks. Like to see a few less walks. What are you going to do? He also hit a batter. So they were able to have a total of eight base runners in nearly six innings. That's, you know, that's not, it's not a bad amount. It's, it's not a poor performance by him in any regard there. But it is a amount where you kind of expect them to maybe have been able to get on the board to score a run. Just didn't come together. Other side of things, the Indians uh, had a home run early from Cesar Hernandez, who, you know, the numbers are creeping up. We'll see. He's part of the hit. He went two for five, two hits with that home run. Uh, Jose Ramirez, really strong weekend in general. He went two for two, but also had two walks, and I believe his team leading uh, eighth home run. He might be tied with Fran Mill. Now that I say that, they mo- might both be at eight. Uh, Ahmad Rosar- Ahmed, I keep saying his name wrong. Ahmed Rosario, three for four, really strong performance. Uh, but man, I, Jimenez, you're seeing Perez is. Uh, I believe he's got a bit of a, you know, an injury, and that's why we're not seeing him. But he has really started to scuffle. Jimenez is really scuffling. I mean, Hedges gave him the start the other day, and then he's over four with three strikeouts in this one. But he is out there mostly for defense. I'm just gonna take a second right now and apologize. I'm still suffering from sinus issues, and I feel like every time I stop to record, I hate everything I sound like. So there's my <laughs> near the end of the podcast apology for that. Rosario also had a triple. Uh, Jose Ramirez was the double in the home run. And in general in this one, I mean, they again, we talk about that. So Shaw comes in and pitches that, picks up the inning for a police hack in the sixth, goes out and pitches a clean seventh. Karen Chalk strikes out the side in the eighth. Class A allows a hit, gets a strikeout in the ninth. It's not a close, uh, it's not a save situation. But it's another, just, I mean, that pen right now, with Shaw pitching the way he is, it's, I mean, the seven, eight, nine, it's like, who wants to face that? It's just about squeaking a lead in and then counting on the bullpen, which some of the early parts, you know, it's like Whitgren was supposed to be part of this grouping. He's not right now. Uh, they're trying out some of the younger pitchers, but, uh, you know, there's, I, Quandrell has been stronger of late. I mean, Maiton doesn't have a spot that he was in the, gosh, he was almost like their, seventh inning guy a year ago at, at various points and that's where they kind of are as a team right now where they're the bullpen is so much improved because class a isn't suspended you know that's one of the big things and then shaw is i i don't know what shaw is doing i have no idea uh I, there's nothing that can logically explain it to me i don't care it, nothing you tell me is going to explain why a player at his age is all of a sudden having the greatest success of his life offensively Again, nice to see some perking up from Cesar Hernandez. Jose Ramirez was a great weekend. I mean, Eddie Rosario had two hits in this one. I think I just glossed over that as going through. To me, the most important performance is that of Ahmed Rosario, because if he can just start to get closer to that 2019 performance, it's going to be huge. He's getting more time in center field, and they're relying on him more. And they're trusting him more, and we'll see what happens. Uh... I have hope. I have a lot of hope that he's going to be, you know, a two and a half win player, maybe in center field and get up to a three win player. And it's like league average to maybe below league average defense. And then 
league average to slightly above league average offense. That is my hope. And three stars for this one. Plesak, Jose Ramirez, Ahmed Rosario. Easiest ones to come to. And then you need to take two out of three of the Sox. Two out of three of the Sox. From the Sox. They have the Royals. Division-leading Royals coming. And if they sweep the Royals, by the way, take all four games, they'd be in first. Uh, just like that. Now it's a four-game series. Uh, right now, currently, Savali versus Daniel Lynch. Sam Henches versus Mike Miner. Shane Bieber, Brady Singer. And Tristan McKenzie versus the man, the myth, the legend, Danny Duffy. We'll see if those stay consistent. And the thing I want to say with the Royals, they have 16 wins. Four of those came in a four-game sweep against the Tigers, who have just been awful. They took three out of four from the Blue Jays. They started out the year against Texas, another contender for worst team of the year. And they took two out of three. Since their last week, since that sweep of the Tigers, they split a series against the Pirates, who are awful, lost the weekend series against the Twins. I don't want to say they're like coming undone, but they're definitely not keeping up, you know, the major league uh, best record in baseball type of deal that they had earlier. And I was just curious to see if Danny Duffy is still like has an ERA under one, which was a. Uh, kind of comical to watch in the early goings of the season yeah it's it's still a 0.6 very odd <laughs> for him but that's what happens when you have five starts and you have a small sample and uh yeah it's going to be a an interesting series royals are still playing well carlos santana is he's playing like his 2019 version of himself which is going to be something to see and i believe daniel lynch who's starting monday will make his major league debut him being a lefty, I'm sure they will load up with as many righties as possible. I'll do an in-depth preview tomorrow. We'll see how much of the minor leagues I get through and anything I do not get through in that minor league kind of discussion preview will then get pushed to the Wednesday show. Bilt Bar, what more do I really need to, can I say about Bilt Bar right now that I have not said in the past year? Other than, I feel like the fact that I buy this product speaks enough, right? The fact that this is something I spend my own money on this is not just a sponsor that I'm going out and saying, hey, I haven't tried this. Or it's, you know, it's not one of those situations where I'm advising you to try something that I can't, I don't have experience with. This is a product that I only have experience with, but I spend my own money on it. Go there. See what's what's fun. What is interesting to you. Uh, they have their little bar of comparisons. And it's like I did buy Quest bars because for someone who's gluten-free, at least uh, they were kind of tolerable. But at the same time, like I didn't finish my last box. I just, I couldn't do it anymore. Never had that issue. I finished all of my flavors, finished all of my Built Bar. It is a product I love. It is a product I buy. When you go to BuiltBar.com, you want to use that promo code LOCKDOWN15 to get 15% off your order. It's my favorite bar that I've ever had. And I have tried them all over the years. Go try it for yourself. BuiltBar.com. And as I talked about at the very top of the show uh, uh, nearly an hour ago, they are committed to as much as they can be. Tito is not a big youth guy. But when you let Oliver Perez go, who, again, I think will pitch in the majors for a team this year, he's good. He's solid. To let Kyle Nelson stick around, high school or high school college teammate of uh, Shane Bieber, side note, uh, they were gauchos together, and keep Henches up there here. Now we'll see if Henches stays up after kind of a brutal performance today and a lot of innings and them needing more arms, but they're definitely going with youth. So hopefully we'll see more youth. And honestly, the talent is with the youth. Using these retread vets just has never been successful. So that's my long answer. I still I still hold hope for a, it's a deep American league. 
I don't know if playoffs are a possibility, but I think they'll at least make it interesting and fun. Maybe that's all I can ask for. I, I can live with that. Yeah, no, it's a, uh, you know, it's a situation where you talked about, you're going to have to find the players you like and just don't miss a Shane Bieber start. Cause it could be history and magic every single time. So that's always yeah. Uh, a fun thing. I want to thank you for coming on and letting me talk your ear off for the last uh, and, and, 53 minutes. This will, and anytime, brother, anytime. You know, uh, I will. Uh, this will be if you're well, I don't know why I'm going to add the COA here at the end. And I'm breaking this into two shows because you'll, uh, you'll be hearing this at the end of show two. So no good. need to really state that. But uh, again, uh, it's fun. I think it's good to get some uh, other locked on perspectives. Keep it in the Cleveland market as we discuss you know, right now, it's we're in an odd place, I think, for both of us, where it is the Browns that are the successful team in town. It's it's what a world, you know, and the draft and like, obviously, the draft is in town this week. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's a whole thing. Um, And yeah, we don't you go if you want if you're if you need Kevin Love content, go to Lockdown Cavs. We will we will we will cover whatever is happening there over, over there. Um, but we're, I'm, I'm happy to get I, to talk about Frame Array is here. Yeah, and it, what I've been telling people too, just at the end here, what I want to keep pushing is if you can, I mean, by now, most adults can get vaccinated and do things like that. If you can do it safely, go check out your local colleges. The state of Ohio, the college baseball scene, I am so jealous that I no longer live in Ohio. Like the Mac is the, almost every team has a legitimate like day two pitcher right now. Like it, it's frustrating. Like I spent so many years like really toiling in the Mac. Uh, seeing the guys like Andy Ravel was solid. He was like a ninth uh, or eighth round pick to the blue Jays. Like Joey Murray was six foot, nothing through like 89, but could strike out everyone. He's still finding success. I'm very, I would love to see his spin data, but there's, there's like three top shelf arms. Ball state's got an arm. Ohio state had it's. So if I'm just going to continue to throw this, like if you're at all intrigued by some of the draft stuff I talked about, if you want to go see some good baseball and you're annoyed with the Indians right now, I highly recommend go to Kent, go to Ohio state, if you can see, go to OU. Joe Rock is a six-six left-hander who gets it up there. Like, <laughs> yeah, go to. I mean, Joe Rock's like the biggest prospect OU's. Do I want to say since wasn't is, Mike Schmidt from OU? Am yeah, I wrong there? Uh, yeah, no, Mike Schmidt uh, is an Ohio University alum. Isn't there a Bobcat in the Cleveland system, or at least was? I think they drafted Mitch Luongo uh, from Cleveland area. Uh, he, yeah, he had a rough junior. Yeah, rough junior year. Like he was the guy who could have gone higher. Really nice guy. Interviewed him multiple times, uh, and I asked him about that, and he he knew and was very cognizant of like, yeah, it's been a long time since a Cleveland kid played for the Indians. So, uh, yeah, Mitch Luongo uh, is is the guy there. But yeah, Joe Rock is is something OU hasn't had in my my lifetime. Uh, though they didn't get, I think it was Roddy Rott was the catcher who was drafted last year from yeah. OU. Though that could be, uh, you know, it it. I find I have a hard time keeping years apart. Like I remember my draft content to a degree, but <laughs> the year of the draft is, is difficult. But yeah, go check out yeah. OU, go check out Kent, go, go do that stuff. If the Indians are frustrating you check out a college game, it's cheap and there's some really fun arms. So I'll, I'll kind of end with that little plea here at the end. Enjoy this is a, it's a special year in the state of Ohio, the best year, maybe in my, no, definitely the best year in my adult life for draft prospects in that state. Sounds like good, good uh, so, advice. Now. Be sure you out. Uh, let them know where they can find you real quickly before we end things here. Yeah. If you want to make the mistake and follow me on Twitter, I'm at CWM rights. Uh, check out the lockdown Cavs podcast, wherever you're listening to lockdown Indians right now, if you're watching a video form, we're here on WKYC as well. So 
check that out. And uh, we're, you know, whole lockdown network's doing really good stuff. Uh, yeah. So it's it's fun. It's fun to we be doing this. It's fun in, to do a little crossover. Yeah, we got to cover. Literally, if you have if you if if you follow an NFL team, an MLB team, an NBA team, we got you covered. Um, a bunch of college teams too. I mean, you know, it's what more could you want? You know, they got you covered. Yeah, Lock. We're literally locked. We're literally locked on everything. We are. So again, uh, thank you for listening. Remember to rate and review. That really helps the show. Download daily. Uh, even if you may not listen, the downloads are very helpful. Uh, or you can be like me, where I download the show, put it on play on mute, and put it to the side just to help out a bit. So little tricks like that always help our show grow. I want to thank all the fantastic fans who have made the we're approaching 500 episodes. Great. It's hard to believe 500 episodes. of. Uh, let me know if you've listened to all 500. I want to hear who that like two people are who have done that. Uh, but I've been Jeff Ellis. Our guest today is Chris Manning from Locked on Cavs. And for the next year, maybe two, go tribe.